0: 2 Kings chapter 4, look at verse 38. And Elisha came again to Gilgal, and there was a dearth in the land. And the sons of the prophets were sitting before him. And he said unto his servant, Set on the great pot, and seethe pottage for the sons of the prophets. And one went into the, out into the field to gather herbs, and found a wild vine, and gathered thereof wild gourds in his lap full, and came and shred them in the pot of pottage, for they knew them not." So they poured out for the men to eat, and it came to pass, as they were eating of the pottage, that they cried out and said, O oh, thou man of God, there is death in the pot! And they could not eat thereof. I want to preach this morning on death in the pot. Look back up at verse uh, 38. There is definitely death in the pot, and I want to preach about that this morning. And we're going to look at the types... Of what's going on here. Now Elisha was a great man of God. He took over for Elijah, and in verse 38 he came to Gelgal and there was a there was a prophet's, there was a prophet school there. And he would go and he would, what we were doing here, he would preach and there would be the sons of the prophets, the believers in God, they would gather around and they would listen to Elisha preach. And it says there was a dearth in the land and the sons of the prophets were sitting before him. That's a great type of what happens in a church where you have a, you have a man of God who's preaching the words of God and there's people listening and, and, and getting instruction and believing. And this is a great type of a church service because they were sitting before him. They were sitting before him. And these are believers just trying to get something from God. They were trying to get something from the great man Elisha. That's what they were trying to do here as they sat before him, and, said his, and he said unto his servant, "Set on the great pot." Now this great pot, this great pot was something that they all shared. They all ate from this great pot. He, so what happened to us is Elijah decided, Elisha decided to have a potluck dinner. This proves right here is a Bible verse that Elisha was a Baptist because he wanted to have a potluck dinner right after they got through preaching he said let's have a potluck dinner pot it represents the doctrine that's being fed to believers when we gather here as bible believers we gather here we're we're gathering here to be fed of god Amen. We'll be gathering here to hear from God, to be fed of God. And we want to be fed from God. And that's what this great pot represents. It represents the doctrine that's being fed to the believers. And there's nothing worse than to have a great pot of food and there be sickness in it, be death in it. Death is in the pot. And I know sometimes we've we've had some great meals back here. we had some great, great meals back here. But man, there's sometimes you get back here and you eat something and you're like, whoa, what was that? See how quiet it got in here? <laughs> the only ones that are laughing are the ones that don't bring food up here, amen? That's all the men. <laughs> you know, I'm just joking around with you ladies. I'm just joking around. It's always great, great food. But there can't, if you put something bad in that pot, you can't discern it, and there's death in the pot. Get everybody sick in here. Because we're all eating from the, from the same pot. This pot represents the doctrine that's being fed to us from the Word of God. This represents doctrine. And what is doctrine? Doctrine simply is just religious teaching. It's a religious truth. It's teachings. And what a pastor does and what I try to do and what other preachers try to do is they try to take great truths of the Bible and they they create sound doctrine. And the Bible calls it sound doctrine. You can have doctrine that's not sound. In other words, it's not good. It's bad. It's death in the pot. And that's what happens in the churches is the churches have these bad doctrines that are creeping into the churches, creeping into the churches. And the, and the believers are eating from the same pot that has bad doctrine. They're dying and they're withering away and they're getting sick because there's death in the pot. You've got to have sound doctrine. Let's look at this a little bit. Keep your finger here. Keep your thumb here. But turn to Titus chapter 2. Turn to Titus chapter 2. I'm going to show you some stuff about sound doctrine, how important it is for a preacher to be preaching sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. You don't want a preacher just preaching his opinion. You don't want a preacher just preaching what he thinks and what his philosophy is. You want a preacher preaching sound doctrine. We need sound doctrine in the churches. And what it is is we've got got churches with a great pot, and people are going, and there's death in the pot. (laughs) There's death in the pot. Look at Titus chapter 2. Verse 1, and uh, Paul's talking, and he says, he's talking about preachers here, and he says, But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. doctrine. Sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. Sound is like a, what sound means is firm. It's set. It's sound. It's, it, you know, you, you can depend on it. That's the kind of doctrine you need to hear. You don't need this kind of doctrine that goes here and there, and you don't know if it's true or not, and you're not really for sure. You need sound doctrine. That's what happens with the cults. And, you know, on Wednesday nights, we're up here, and we're looking at the Jehovah's Witnesses, and we're looking at all the lies and the teachings, and we're going really deep into some of the doctrines of the Jehovah's Witnesses. And what do we find out about the doctrines of the Jehovah's Witnesses? They're not very sound. What makes something sound? We got men in here that love to build stuff. What makes something sound? Well, you make something sound, by putting it firm. It's got to be firm on something. The way you don't make something sound, the way you don't have sound doctrine is you just take one verse out of the Bible and you try to build a whole religion on that one verse. That's not very sound. Why? Because you've got one verse it's standing on. You want to have... Multiple verses. You want to have sound doctrine. You want it to be firm where it's not just standing on one verse. It's standing on 20 verses, 30 verses, 200 verses that lie the bottom of it. That's sound doctrine. Amen. But when a preacher or a pastor or anybody else brings into the church doctrine that's based on like one little verse, that's not sound doctrine. And they're throwing it in the pot. And there's death in the pot. You can get death out of that. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. Look back at chapter 1. Look back at Titus chapter, Titus chapter 1. Look at verse 7. Look at verse 7. He's talking about bishops. And then the qualifications of a bishop. Uh, Titus chapter 1, verse 7. Paul's talking and says, For a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy looker. See, that's everything. That's one, I failed on about two or three of those this weekend when that girl stole my cell phone because I was wanting to be a striker. I was soon angry. You should ask my wife how angry I got. <laughs> my face was red as red as, as this carpet right in here. I was beet red. I was ready to kill somebody over a, a, a phone. That's not right. I got I to repent of that stuff. And that's, what he, that's one of the qualifications of a bishop, you can't be that way. But look at verse 8, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate. But look at verse 9, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. See, this doctrine we have is sound doctrine so I can preach the word of God with sound doctrine. But also when somebody says, that's not what the Bible says, I can say, it says it here, it says it here, it says it there. I can give you sound doctrine to back up what I'm preaching. And that's what Paul says you need. You need somebody who's going to do that. That's what the churches need. We don't need a pot that's being, people are dropping off bad doctrine in it. I've seen this happening a lot. Uh, there's a pastor over in Brownwood, Texas. I'm not going to give his name. He pastors a, a Spanish church. And uh, he was saying from the pulpit, he kept, and I know one of the members there, he kept saying from the pulpit, he said, if your kids are not right with God, you're not right with God. That's what he would say. He said, if you're not right with God, if your kids aren't right with God, you're not right with God. Now, that's, that's straight from the devil. No, that's not Right. <laughs> If, you, if your kids aren't right, then you're, then you're not right with God? How many of us have done everything we're supposed to do by God's law, by God's book? We've raised our kids right. They don't always turn out right. Amen. amen. Man, if you've got a kid in here, you can say amen to that. Amen. I wasn't right. My mom did everything she could right for me. I wasn't always a preacher. I wasn't always right with God. Devil didn't make her wrong, but that's what this guy was preaching. And he, he, got, he was preaching it hard. And there was people in that church. What, were, what was wrong with that preaching? Well, for one thing, there wasn't a verse to back it up, amen. And the second thing is, you got people in the congregation that have kids that have gone astray. They have kids that are not doing right. So they're thinking, oh, I'm not doing something. I'm not right with God. So he said from the pulpit later on, he said the same thing, and he said, if my kids, which he had two kids, if my kids ever mess up, then I'll turn, I'll resign from this position, and I'm not right with God. That's what he said. Well, lo and behold, thanks to the lovely technology called Facebook, his oldest daughter, he has an older daughter, she was on Facebook, and she had posted some stuff she was doing on Facebook, and it wasn't nice. And it's stuff I can't even, I'm not even going to tell you what it was. But well, one of the members got a hold of it. Brought in front of the church, brought it to the pastor. And the pastor's standing up on the little podium there. And they brought it to the pastor and said, I'm going to show you what your daughter does and is doing. And you said if you ever, your daughter ever did something wrong or your boy ever done something wrong, you'll resign from the church. And I'm going to show you right now. And that pastor grabbed that phone and he looked at that picture of what his daughter was doing and he took that phone and he went, whack and just took it down right in front of everybody he rejected it he didn't want to see it and he didn't step down from the church and that church has got about four people going to it right now there was death put in the pot there was false doctrine put into the pot they were eating at that and what happens when you put false doctrine in a pot it's death and it killed the church It's important to have sound doctrine. Maybe you'll buy sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. That's why it's so important to have sound doctrine. Guys, not to be around people that are giving you false doctrine. I I always encourage you, read other material. Read this stuff. Read the Jehovah's Witness. I don't care. I want you to read it because you've got the truth. Once you've got the truth, everything else is sewer water. You can tell what's false because you've got the truth. That's what, I've heard the story of people who are trained to to detect uh, like false, uh, like uh, dollar bills and hundred dollar bills and those that are, there's some of those that are so complicated that are so well done that some of the highest end, they can't tell a fake, a counterfeit. $20 $20 bill from a real $20 bill. So, what they do is they put these guys in this room and they just put them in there with all these $20 bills that are real. And when you're around the real stuff, you know what that does? That teaches you to be able to, point, to spot the bad stuff, the counterfeit stuff. So, you've got to be in the Word of God. And when you're in the Word of God, you're getting the truth and that keeps you from getting the false given to you and the, sound, the false doctrine. Look at another one of you. Look at this couple pages over to the left. Look at 2 Timothy. And we'll go back to 2 Kings. But look at 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 2. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 2. Talking about preaching sound doctrine. We need sound doctrine. We've got to be careful not to bring in false doctrine. False doctrine in the church would kill a church. It's death in the pot. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 2. Preach the word. He's, he's exhorting Timothy, a preacher. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke. Exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. Look at that doctrine. Verse 3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. They can't take sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. He said there's going to come a time where they won't endure sound You can give them sound doctrine, they don't want it. They want teachers, they want preachers that will tell them what they want to hear, Amen. fulfill their lusts. That's why you have some churches, some denominations say, Oh, there's nothing wrong with homosexuality. There's nothing wrong with that. As a matter of fact, we want our pastor, we want our preacher to be a homosexual. And they're ordaining homosexuals. Guys, that's you're heaping that stuff into your own lust. That's not sound doctrine. That goes against everything the Bible teaches. Amen. And to, even for me, even to preach this, twist some people the wrong way. Amen. Man, you can't say this stuff on TV. People go nuts. You're a homophobe, phobia, fear, homo, the sexual. I'm not afraid or scared of homosexuals. I'm just telling you what the Bible says about them. Amen. Take it up with God. They want to hear do sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Look at verse 4. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. That's what you got going on with the Mormons, with the Jehovah's Witness. You got the, they, they go off into these fables and these stories where the, the Mormons, especially, where Satan and Jesus were brothers and they were on this planet, and then they went up and they have all these different names from these It's just the biggest fable you can think of. And I'm like, you really believe this stuff? You really believe this stuff? You have itching ears. You're not following sound doctrine. Where do you get sound doctrine from, guys? From the word of God? Not from the preacher. Don't, don't believe what I say to you. Check it with the Bible. Amen. Don't trust me because I've said stuff wrong. Amen. Amen. Don't trust me. Trust the Bible. It's got to be sound doctrine. Let's go back Let's go back to 2 Kings. Let's go back to 2 Kings chapter 4. We're going to look at this a little deeper now. Let's go back to 2 Kings chapter 4. And Elisha, verse 38, And Elisha came again to Gilgal, and there was a certain dearth in the land, and the sons of the prophets were sitting before him, having a church service, and said unto his servants, Set on the great pot. There's that pot. And seethed pottage for for the sons of the prophets. And one went out into the field to gather herbs. Now notice when he goes out in the field, verse 39, to gather the herbs. Notice back up in verse 38, it says, There was a dearth in the land. There was a famine. Dearth is the death of the earth. Dearth, the death of the earth. There was a famine in the land. So what's going on here? He's going out to gather these herbs, and there's a famine in the land. Guys... (laughs) Y'all know where I'm about to go with this. There is a famine in the land for the words of God. That's what's going on. That's why there's so much false doctrine. That's why there's not a lot of sound doctrine. That's why it's so easy to bring something in and put it in the pot because it's all the false doctrine out there. Because there's a famine in the land. uh, God says in Amos chapter 8, verse 11, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst of water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. There's a famine for hearing the words of the Lord. Well, Brother Keegan, what's the words of the Lord? Well, it's not what I say. It's not what the Baptist Convention says. It's not what the Pope says. Where's the words of the Lord? Right here is the words of the Lord. And I think you'll find the words of the Lord purified in the King James Bible. This is the words of the Lord. And there's a famine for this stuff. You know, people, you'll turn on TV sometimes and you'll hear people say, They might talk about God, and you'll hear people talk about uh, Jesus, but it's very rare to hear somebody quote the Bible. Quote the actual words of God. They'll say, well, Jesus said this. No, no, what exactly did you, quote the words of God. You hardly hear that. You hardly hear anybody. That's why, you know, we're kind of crazy and nutty out here. That's why we have scripture on the back of our cars. And they have the little signs, you know, uh, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That's why this is above my head, the words of God. Because there's a drought. (laughs) There's a famine for hearing the words of the Lord. People don't hear it. They don't see it. They're not hearing it being read to them. There's a famine for the words of the Lord. And we've got to be careful for that. It shouldn't be, what it is, is they've got uh, preachers and stuff getting up and they're not giving the words, they're not preaching the words of the Lord. They're preaching philosophies. They're preaching ideas. They're preaching uh, 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 psychology. They're preaching all these different things. And and the last thing they want to do is open up the Bible. Or they'll open up a Bible, read one verse, and then they'll talk for 45 minutes and tell you jokes and make you feel good for your itching ears. It should always be, guys. Thus saith the Lord. Amen. Amen. When, that's what it always should be. Thus saith the Lord. It's the word of God. It's not what Brother Kegan has to say. It's what does the Word of God have to say? Amen. You know, I've been preaching for years and years and years. I've been preaching for about 14 years, and I've preaching and I, 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 I see this happen all the time. I'll tell somebody turn in the Bible, and I'll see them turn in the Bible, and I'll start preaching, and I'll see them they'll start turning other places of the Bible. And then I'll see them they're turning over here. That's wonderful. That's great. God's speaking to the heart. Or they'll be reading, they'll be, I'll be preaching on one set his verse, and they'll keep on reading through the rest of the Bible. That's what you should be doing. You're supposed to be opening up the Bible and getting something from God. It's the Word of God. See how it goes back to the words of God? What would we find out Wednesday night about being born again? The Bible says being born again, you're born again how? By the Word of Truth. By the Word of God, you're born again. See how important the words of God are? In the beginning was the Word of And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. See how important the Word of God is? It's It's alive. You need this Word of God. And there was a famine in the land for the Word of God. Now look at verse 39. And one went out into the field to gather herbs and found a wild vine. He found a wild vine. And when he found this wild vine, he's going to gather wild gourds from this wild vine. Guys... There's the problem right there. The problem is he went to a worldly satanic vine to get the gourd. To get his doctrine. What do we know what Jesus Christ said? Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior said, I am the true vine. That's what he said. I am the true vine. When he says, I am the true vine, what does that say? That means that there's some false vines out there. And, but we, you stick with us in the book of Revelation. In Sunday school, you're going to see where the, the sickle is reaped out and there's a vine of the earth. A vine of the earth in Revelation. And it's pulled out those grapes. And they're put into it. And the wrath of God is poured out on those grapes of the vine. There's a vine of the earth, guys. You want that heavenly vine. You want that true vine. You want Jesus Christ. Amen. What the problem is, this guy went to gather and he's seen a wild vine. And obviously, this wild vine looked really good. It looked really healthy. It looked like a good vine, but it was a wild vine. He didn't know where it came from. He didn't know where it was going. It's just wild. That's the problem. You need to not go to the wild vines. You need to stick with the vines you know. When you pick from the wild vine, you're going to put death in the pot. When you don't go to the true vine, Jesus Christ, and you go over here to the wild vine, the earthly vine, you're going to be putting death in the pot. You don't want death in the pot. You don't want to bring false doctrine into your household. You don't want to bring false doctrine into your church. You don't want to bring false doctrine into your heart. You want sound doctrine. Because there's death in the pot. There'll be death in the pot. They went to the wild vine. And one went out into the field and gathered herbs and found a wild vine. And look, and gathered thereof wild gourds his lap full. These wild gourds, they represent False doctrine. This is the false doctrine I've been talking about and preaching about. These wild gourds off this wild vine, they represent false doctrine. You know what God said in Deuteronomy, through Moses? Moses said in Deuteronomy chapter 32, he said, For their rock is not our rock. Their rock is not our rock. They've got rock and roll. They've got their own rock, but we've got the rock, capital R, Jesus Christ. They've got their rock, we've got our rock. He said, for their rock is not our rock; our enemies, themselves being judges. Look at this. In verse 32, he said, for their vine is the vine of Sodom and the fields of Gomorrah. He said their vine is a vine of Sodom. They got their own vine. And notice how he ties it to Sodom, to Sodomy, to the homosexuals. It's pretty amazing stuff. Knowing the day we live in. Their grapes are grapes of God. Their clusters are bitter. So this is, there's a vine you can get from that has the gourds. It has the grapes on it that look really, really good. But they're bitter. They're bitter, guys. What you find out when you study the Jehovah's Witness, they're they're eating off a wild vine. They're eating off false doctrine. You know what you find out about them? They're very miserable, (coughs) they're in bondage, they're in a cult. They're they're miserable, they're not happy, they don't have the joy. There's one thing that we have in Jesus Christ. I'm not saying we're perfect, I'm not saying we always do the right thing, but there's one thing we always have in Jesus Christ. That's the joy of salvation. That's the joy that we know we're going to heaven. That's the joy. No matter what happens to me, I'm leaning on my rock, Jesus Christ, and that rock will not fail me, and I'm going to get to heaven. Not because of my own works, not because I'm good, but because Jesus Christ is good. That's the rock, and that's a vine we're eating. We're eating off that true vine. The vine of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those gourds, they they represent false doctrine. And uh, those false doctrines, of course, dropped in that pot. That pot that everybody's eating off of. Those wild gourds of false doctrine. That's wild gourds of baptismal regeneration. The false doctrine of baptismal regeneration meaning simply this. You're baptized to be saved. You've got to be baptized to be saved. That's what we call doctrinally baptismal regeneration. That's straight from the devil. You don't need to be, as a little baby, you don't need to be baptized. And you don't need to be baptized until you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's called believer's baptism. That's what the Catholic Church teaches. They teach regenerational baptism Church of Christ. You've got all these different doctrines. They're false doctrines. That You've got to be baptized to be saved. And then when you confront them with, well, what about the thief hanging on the cross with Jesus Christ? And Jesus Christ says, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. What about that guy? Well, that's just the old. They've got a way around it. They always have a way around it. Listen, there's false doctrine like baptismal regeneration, the prosperity message. You see him preached on TV. My wife was flipping through and we we were on this Christian channel and they were talking about T.D. Jakes is coming up and he's going to show you how you can fulfill your wildest dreams. You can fulfill your your goals in life. You're going to fulfill all this stuff, your goals in life. You're going to be able to fulfill your full potential. That's how he said it. You're going to fulfill your full potential through God. Guys, that's, that's straight out of hell. You know what sometimes God's full potential for you is? Not for yourself, but for you is? It's for you to die, to suffer. Tribulation. Your Savior said, pick up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. That, if you want to be my disciple, do that. I'm not going to give you a new car, a new hat. That's not promised to you. Our Lord and Savior didn't even have a pillow to lay his head on. But you're going to get up on TV and with false doctrine, try to teach, preach everybody, hey, you need to get rich and God wants you to be rich. No, what God wants you to do is do something for Him, not for yourself. Amen. That's what He wants. That's those false doctrines. The Watchtower Publications, the Book of Mormons, Calvinism, works-based systems of salvation. All these are false doctrines that are thrown in the pot that people are eating of and it'll kill the church. There's death in the pot. Amen. And this comes from wild Gourds. And notice though, well, look at Matthew 16. I'm going to show you something in Matthew 16, and then we'll be close to being done. Look at Matthew I'm going to show you what Jesus Christ said about this, because it's, uh, we want to get his words. Matthew chapter 16, verse 6. I'm going to show you exactly why I'm preaching this. Uh, there's a reason why I'm preaching this this morning, and I'm going to show you why, because our Lord and Savior warned us about this. He warned us of what we're eating the world would sell you for twenty nine ninety five a book to tell you how to lose weight. They always have all these different ways and different diets. And the world's always worried about what you put on your ma- in your mouth. And that's what the world's worried about. And Jesus Christ was always worried about what you were putting into your soul, into your heart through false doctrine. What you were eating and consuming through religious spiritual practices. That's what Jesus Christ was worried about. He wasn't worried about what you are putting in your mouth. He told them. It's not what goes in the mouth that defiles a man. It's what goes out of the mouth defiles a man. That's what Jesus said. Look at verse 6. Matthew 16, 6. Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. That leaven is something you put in and to make something grow. What we call like a yeast. That, that's what that was, that leaven. And they reasoned. The disciples reasoned among themselves saying, It is because we have taken no bread. Which when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith. Why reason ye among yourselves, because ye have brought no bread? Do you not understand, neither remember the five loaves or the five thousand, and how many baskets you took up? And neither the seven loaves or the four thousand, and how many baskets you took up? See, we forget. And Jesus is getting on says, you're forgetting all the good stuff I did. You forget, how, you forget I can make bread out of nothing. I'm not talking about bread. I'm not talking about a prosperity message. I'm talking about sound doctrine. Beware of eating false doctrine." That's what he's talking about. Notice, verse 11, How is it that you do not understand, that I spake it not to you concerning bread, that you should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Verse 12, Then understood they, the disciples, how that he bade them not beware of the leaven of the bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. He warned them, beware of this false doctrine. The Pharisees, the Sadducees. This system of works, this, this telling you how to live and not living it that way. This high and mighty way of living, this saying, I'm righteous. He said, There's, there's a leaven of the Pharisees that will be a death to you. It's like throwing death in a pot. And Jesus Christ said, Beware of that. He equates doctrine to eating. You see what I'm trying to show you there? Amen. It's food. So when we're coming in here as believers, we, and, and any church needs to beware of bringing in false doctrine into the church. As the Marwitzes were here, uh, Brother Marowitz can tell you real quick how he was in a church and somebody brought in the false doctrine of Calvinism and just started tearing the church all up. And that's a false doctrine. It's not sound. You need sound doctrine. Amen. This is a real warning from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that we need to be careful of the doctrine that we're exposing ourselves to. So let's go back, let's go back and finish this up in 2 Kings. Let's go back and finish this up in Second Kings chapter 4. So Jesus has warned us about doctrine. Paul has warned us about doctrine. in two places we need, we need sound doctrine, guys, in this church. And every church needs sound doctrine. Verse 39, and one went out into the field to gather herbs. And he found a wild vine and gathered. And thereof wild gourds his lap full. See, his lap's full. There's an overabundance of false doctrine out in the world. See, it wasn't like he found this one special gourd. And he, he says his lap was full of all these gourds. What does that say? When there's a famine for the words of God in the land, Satan, be sure of this, guys. Be very sure of this. Satan will do everything he can to just have an overabundance of false doctrine out there. If you're not hearing the words of God, you're hearing the words of Satan. And he's going to make sure of that. And that's why when you go into the hospital, there's JW literature everywhere. I, I work for the city of Brownwood, and I drive around in my truck, in my, my crane truck, and it doesn't, there's not a week that goes by, and maybe Joker's seen this too, there's not a week that goes by I don't see JWs knocking on the door. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I see those Mormon girls on their bicycles knocking on doors. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. The devil has them out, and he has them out in abundance. It's a lap full, guys. It's a lap full. We need to get out there. We need to get out there and proclaim the words of God. Thus saith the Lord. We need to be the witness. We need to be the one saying, well, I'm afraid I'm going to offend somebody. They're not afraid of offending you. Hey, they're not afraid of offending you. You know, my sister, she works over there at Dollar Tree. And those JWs, they're out there all the time out there. Right in front of that, right there in that... that Sidewalk. There's not a time I go over there to Kroger's. That there's not. They're not out there, and they're little. They have all their literature, and they're dressed up to the night. They look like they're a wild gourd and they're wild vine, and they got the real nice dresses and the nice suits, and they look really, really clean. And on the inside, they're full of dead man's bones. Amen. False doctors, death in the pot. Amen. And somewhere along, they started eating of that pot, and there's death in the pot. His lap was full and came and shred them in the pot of pottage. Look at this at the end of verse 39. For they knew them not. This is all sincere. This guy's not going out trying to kill anybody. This guy's not going out doing anything bad. He's working. He's trying to work. He says, there's a vine. It looks nice. And there's some gourds, lots of them. And he grabs them up and he puts them in his lap. This will make everybody full. This will be good for everybody. This guy's very sincere. But listen to me. Sincerity without the truth is still a lie. All the sincerity without the truth is still a lie. You can be so sincere, you can sit on a corner, you can sit in front of Dollar Tree with all your JW literature, you can dress up, you can go down there for two or three hours at a time, and you can be so sincere. And I talk to the JWs that knock on my door, and they're so very sincere, but they don't have the truth. And it's still a lie. And you're still going to go to hell. You don't think somebody who's willing to put a bomb on their back, a Muslim is willing to put a bomb on their back and blow themselves up, you don't think they're sincere? That's as sincere as you can get, amen? amen. And they're going to hell. They're gathering gourds from a wild vine. It's, it, it, you're sincere and you, you're, you've got plenty of it. Oh, this will be good for everybody. I believe this will be good for everybody. But they knew it not. Because they don't know the Word of God. They knew it not. Verse 40, so they poured out for the men to eat, and it came to pass as they were eating of the pottage that they cried out and said, oh, thou man of God, there's death in the pot. And they could not eat thereof. And I, I, really, I wish the Lord, and, and he didn't do it, would have told us how they found out there was death in the pot. Uh, you know, did somebody eat a little bit of it? and just, <laughs> <laughs> What happened? Did a, did a mouse float up to the top of the pot? You know? what, what made them? You know what it is? They started eating of it. And they were so around the truth through Elisha. And they, they, they were eating of it. And as soon as you've had the pure water, as soon as you had the good stuff, and you put your mouth to the bad stuff, you'll spit it out. Amen. You say, This is. This. You, you get some of Mama and Grandmother's yeah. good home cooking. Then you go out to eat somewhere and you go, Oh my gosh, they don't know how to cook mashed They don't know how to cook mashed potatoes. <laughs> Amen. They don't know how to cook mashed potatoes. You know I can cook better mashed potatoes than that. There's a guy at work tells me I don't go out and eat steak because I can cook a better steak than they can. Yeah, because when you had the good stuff, you 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 had a lot of the good stuff like they had. You put your oh, this is nasty. there's death in here. Amen. That's why it's so important to get in the Word of God yeah. so you can you can point you can pick that stuff out real quick. Yeah. You can't be fooled. You can't say oh this isn't so bad. Sometimes you don't know how good it is until you get around some really good eating. Amen. Amen. You don't know. I'll I, 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 be honest with you. I'll buy, my wife will bring home oranges and mandarins and stuff and apple and stuff like that, especially oranges from like Walmart. And I'm like, if I was a kid, I would think an orange tasted like cardboard. Those are some of the nastiest oranges I've ever had. If I was a kid, no wonder they don't want to eat oranges. Those things are nasty. And then she'll go and find a real orange. And I don't know where she gets them from. And man, it'll taste so good. I said, this is an orange. Amen. But if you would never tasted orange before, you say, well, I don't like oranges, and spit it out. Because you've never had a real orange. You've never had a taste of the true vine, Jesus Christ. Verse 41, in closing, but he said, Elisha said, then bring meal. And he cast it into the pot, and he said, pour out for the people that they may eat. And there was no harm in the pot. So Elisha does this great miracle. He puts some, put some meal into that pot, into that pottage, and he puts it in the pot, they could eat of that pot, and everything's okay. It cleaned out all that false doctrine. What is that a type of? That is a type of getting in the Word of God. Amen. This is the meal, guys. I've esteemed thy words more than my necessary food. Amen. You can't be fooled when you got the truth. Amen. You can't be fooled when you got the truth. Study the pure pure words of God with a heart for the truth. will always bring about sound doctrine, which is a good meal. You know what sound doctrine is? It is a good meal. I'm going to close by saying this. When the disciples were out fishing, and they were out in the boat, and they were fishing, and Jesus Christ was resurrected, and they hadn't seen him in a while, and they look out, and one of them sees Jesus Christ out on the shore. And it was Peter. And Peter, it said Peter just, all he had was a little bit of clothing on and he just jumped out of the boat and just swam to shore to see Jesus Christ. You know when the disciples got there to Jesus Christ, you know what Jesus Christ had ready? He had a meal there. He had a fire there. And he had some fish. And he had some bread. He had some food to eat. What Jesus Christ said to his disciples? Come and dine. Come and dine. And then he tells Peter, feed my sheep. Come and dine. Christian, I don't know where you've been. I don't know what's been going on in your life. And I'm here to tell you, you need to dine with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ says, come and dine. Revelation 3.20, He stands at the door of your heart. He knocks. If you'll let Him in, He wants to come in. But see, our Lord and Savior, He's not rude. He's, he's, He's a gentleman. He knocks before He enters. You know, God, with all His power, He could force you to love Him. He could force... He's not going to. He says, I've given you the greatest gift, which is free will. I want you to have the free will to receive me or reject me. I want you to have the free will to either open that door or leave it shut. And he's a gentleman and he knocks. And he might be knocking at the door of your heart this morning, wanting to come in. He says, let me come in and dine with you. I want to feed you. And what I feed you, oh, it'll be so good. And the water I give you, oh, it'll be so good. But guys, I can tell you how good Jesus Christ is and how good that meal is, but if you've never tasted it, you just can't know. You've you got to taste it. Jesus Christ is the greatest thing that ever happened to me, but it, I can talk about him and talk about him, how wonderful he is, and the joy I have, and the peace I have. But until you come and taste of Jesus Christ, you just will never know. You're still sitting around a pot that's full of death. And you might not even realize it. There's death in the pot. There's death in the pot. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for loving us, taking care of us, Father. If there's somebody beneath the sound of my voice that's never received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they can't think of a time, Lord, that they took you as their Lord and Savior. Father, I ask you, when we give this invitation, you'll speak to the heart, Lord God, and they'll come on down the aisle and they'll get saved, Lord God. Lord, just thank you so much for making salvation simple, Lord God. We don't have to work. We don't have to go somewhere and do something. We don't have to keep coming to church. We don't have to read our Bible, Lord God. We simply have to put our faith in Jesus Christ, Lord. We know we're sinners. Lord God, we're willing to admit we're sinners, Lord God, and we we thank you for repentance, Lord, but we know that it's just simple faith in Jesus Christ. And Lord, I know that's how I got saved. I just took my faith and put it on Jesus Christ, and I've never been the same. And you're the greatest thing that ever happened to me, Lord, and I thank you for feeding me every day. And thank you for your words, Lord God, that we can feast off of. And thank you for being the true vine. And Lord God, thank you for showing me the false vine and the wild vine, Lord God. Thanks so much for loving us and taking care of us. I'm praying all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Brothers, have an invitation. If you don't know Jesus Christ, this is your opportunity. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me. And he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at indiangapbaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your upon Him.